back welcome once again to another episode of mike mike and oscar i am your co-host mike one co-host also mike in a moment we have an oscar race checkpoint for you and it's been weird mike there was a time as it always is leading up to the oscars where every episode is an oscar race checkpoint because we have so much news and information going around and the last few episodes i've had to like use the regular logo in in this on the soundcloud and mm-hmm. actually title and number the episodes and i'm not like just getting away with putting orc and everything so i've actually had to do the minuscule the minimum amount of ex- extra work and i think it's broken my brain along with other things going on in my life and you got the you know the music atop this show, which hopefully I've included. Yeah, which hopefully you've, you've included. <laughs> uh, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know how much Oscar stuff we got today. Today's like a mishmash. Is there's some Mike, Mike, and Emmy stuff to end it? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean there are some Oscar trailers, and there is a bu- a, a huge SAG story conversation right up top, and the calendar too. We're talking about okay. Oscar. We're resetting the calendar. So, yeah. to let everyone know when the Oscars are coming or the Oscar movies are coming out. Here's the thing, people. Yeah. <laughs> Mike and I are both working on about. A combined, I want to say, ninety minutes of sleep between busy the week. two of us. Yeah. Busy so uh, this this could this episode could be over in a half hour. This episode could be over in three days with all the uh, inane tangents we go off on. We really don't know and are not sure which way we're going to go. But we know how we're going to start, and that's shouting out our good buddy Andrew Morgan and the new project that he just uh, opened up and debuted. Yeah, we got to give a shout out to Recent Activity, the awesome new podcast that just launched from Andrew Morgan, Shane Beauregard, Chris Frodell, and of of course, you guys know and love Andrew from from the Nomcast. He's been our Netflix expert for the last few years. There, he's been on the show a hundred times, and he's had Chris and Shane on the Nomcast a hundred sh- times. We mm-hmm. got we got to get those guys on our show, by the way, yeah. too. I love their work together. So they got a ton of chemistry together, Michael. And I'm very jealous because Andrew had always been talking about pivoting wider right i mean you know sometimes well we kind of just ignore our branding and just do whatever the hell we want and i, I hope hopefully people like us and that's that. the mmo guarantee but yeah we're just like uh, screw it we're gonna talk about tv we can talk about whatever we want we, we don't care about the branding we're not good at it and uh we we ignore it but andrew's very dedicated and now he's finally created a purview that i'm very jealous of here because he's gonna do all things film and television uh, yeah, and, and they kind of exemplified that with their three-episode launch, Michael. Yeah, it's episode one of Recent Activity. They had their top five films of 2022, and they did their top five TV shows. That was episode two. And episode three, they wind up the uh, triumvirate of debut episodes there with their review of Doctor Strange. So a lot of good stuff, uh, casting a wide net of, of all things Recent Activity in the entertainment world. I'd say that's a, it's a fair title for them. It's a good title. So please subscribe, like, hit those five-star ratings, help them launch their podcast. They did their part with the three-episode uh, drop on, on the feeds, Apple, Spotify. They're a proud podcast at ForgottenEntertainment.com. Uh, do please seek out recent activity. But, Michael, uh, we will be getting to our TV Top 5s. Like I said, we got a big SAG story up top, though, here. 
Yeah, so TNT and TBS are no longer airing the SAG Awards, uh, effective, I imagine, this year immediately. It sounds like they're going, the Turner or former Turner broadcasts are going to break their contract with SAG and no longer be airing that show, and certainly not live or truncated as it's been in the past couple of years or edited or anything. Yeah, TNT and TBS did a combined 1.8 million rating, which was, you know, not great, but still for live TV is 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 better, double what they did the year previous, the pandemic year, the hour-long special. Uh, but, you know, they've had bigger numbers in the past. I wonder what the ad sales are associated mm-hmm. with it. We're going to have a lot of speculation coming up here, but essentially they issued a statement saying that they're they're in negotiations with, uh, you know, Discovery and Warner, the HBO Max owner there, the new company that spun off from the big conglomerate, and now they are talking to other companies as well. So we're going to do like a big, we're going to do like a big discussion right now of where we think the SAG Awards may land. But the first question I had, Mike, was do you think? that HBO Max may have an inside track to a deal here? Or do you think this is them kind of, you know, standing away from each other and they're just at odds, they're not even close? Yeah, I don't buy that Warner is still interested in this at all. Because if you have, what would make sense to me is that if this contract was in-house, if you have the exclusive rights to air this, wouldn't you just go to SAG and say, look, can we add an addendum to this contract so we can make it a streaming-only thing, or or at least run it by them? I mean, by breaking the contract and letting SAG be essentially, in sports terms, what's a free agent, you're running the risk of them being able to go to anyone they want to go to, anyone who has a a rights deal, or anyone who can offer them a rights deal, I should say. Now, I don't know how Warner necessarily operates their contracts so if this is true and sag re-ups with with hbo and not necessarily tnt and tbs which are also warner properties at this point and so if sag does re-sign with hbo or hbo max next week i'll say that i'm wearing this and it's egg on my face and i was completely wrong Hmm. but i can't imagine this would make more sense if warner is serious about keeping sag in-house that they wouldn't just try to renegotiate while they're still under contract with the former turner brands the firm the tnt and tbs channels like just have warner go to them and renegotiate and add something new. So if I were to put my money down, what I think is happening here is that it's, it is an ad player. It is some kind of revenue stream play by Warner. Like you kind of alluded to, I think the money just didn't make sense for Warner to keep the show in house as it is. If I had to read the tea leaves and make a guess and they're okay with letting it go and they're content seeing SAG try to catch on with another brand entirely rather than this being some kind of play to let it go to HBO max. Again, I could be completely wrong, but that's my guess. And conjoined with this news is news not just from TNT that they've, you know, stopped or halted their scripted television Mm -hmm. series budgets, right, Uh, and their programming there because it's kind of headed towards, you know, the HBO Max and the Max Originals and HBO, Mm -hmm. etc. And I I think they're saving $3 billion by halting that, but... We, we've seen this happening from other major conglomerates never and major TV networks like Fox, you know, took they reduced it by 30 percent or something I read. Anyway, I think I think this has happened across the board. And I wonder if the next big domino is that streamers will come up with an ad option for all these major streaming services and then they could start negotiating a lot of these contracts in terms of apples to apples where they have you know uh, ad revenue being shared properly cuz right now like if you try to if you tried to have YouTube 
and network television kind of share the same ad revenue, how the hell do you do that? If you had to share the same ad revenue between Amazon and live TV, like what we see with Amazon Live Sports, right, is no ads, right? They don't air any of the ads that are on the network if something's being simulcasted both on Amazon Live or whatever. And since then, Amazon's been getting a lot of exclusives and Apple's been getting a lot of exclusives. Well, you're hitting on, I I don't want to like change direction on you. I think you're making a decent point, but I I wouldn't even go that far because you're kind of inadvertently making what's on my mind. Do we have any proof that HBO Max is at all interested in live content? They may not be there yet, but I think a lot of these streamers are heading there. They're definitely I agree with that, but it took YouTube forever to get into the live content game. It took Amazon forever to get into the live. I mean, they're still barely getting their feet weight. Hulu, just in the last couple of years, have done the live sports type thing. Like It takes these streaming services a while to get their base and their feet under them before they pivot to live entertainment. It doesn't, it, saying that HBO Max is waiting to make a play for a live award show and they're going to start with the SAGs doesn't make any sense to me. The, the whole thing that that's screwing me up right now is I don't think the streamers have the apparatuses set up to handle ads. They don't have it. Netflix has been honest about it. They're they're researching it now. They're going crazy about it. They're, they're getting it together. I think Amazon buying IMDb TV that turned into free t- free V, whatever it is now. Mm-hmm. I think that is kind of their test case for what it is in terms of their free service. Well, I, I mean, Hulu's able to do it. YouTube's able to do it. You think it's that difficult? Hulu and Disney have been doing it a while, I guess. But and and YouTube obviously does it. But you, my guess is that YouTube does it at a fraction of the price. In a fraction, like you're cutting pennies in half, like the office space rationalization. Well, I'm not stealing. I'm just taking fractions of pennies. <laughs> it's going to be that compared to real ad revenue in the millions and hundreds of thousands that network TV does. I mean, that is just a long standing, you know, with all the, the the contracts in place. Everybody knows what they're they're up against. Now this is to- this is the wild wild west now. So can the streamers somehow get on board with new rates and then they could start maybe negotiating the demise or the integration of TV and streaming at some point and at some future point. So right now it's like a cluster, you know what? And if HBO Max looked at their SAG day after numbers, which is not fair, right? If if they looked at their SAG awards streaming numbers, yeah. it's not not live. Who who and how many people really care about that? If 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 Hulu uses that as a benchmark for the Oscars per se, just like the SAG awards might be used by HBO Max, then yeah, maybe you walk away and you don't even worry about it. The problem I come to is that you have live TV for what reason, other than and you have cable for what reason. Like if you take away live TV TV out of a, as a component, are you throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Like if all these networks turn away live broadcasts and let them go streaming, what are they going to be left with, Michael? Because because they're not doing ratings, you let them go, and then you're left with what? Yeah, but is this? A, I don't know if this is a ratings play. It may have just been the money may have just not made sense because it used to be a ratings play, and the awards industry may be deteriorating. Uh, in general, I mean, look at the Oscars ratings too. You know what I mean? And the the, the dollars may not make any sense anymore. Heyo, there's a pun. So it, it it could be just as simple as an accounting thing. Of yeah, cable networks want live TV, they want live coverage, but this entity doesn't have any value to the Warner program anymore. I do think that based on the amount of content out there, yes, I think there's so much stuff out there that 
and Feinberg said this, I'm paraphrasing him, that, you know, your options for entertainment on any given night, including live award show nights, is less. The audience is less because it's spread out. Sure. Fine, fine. If you put these award shows with the broadest possible reach in front of everybody's face, if you put it on YouTube, if you put it on all the streaming services, the audience would grow. So this is like... This is like the first and foremost for me because I'm rooting for the SAG Awards. I'm rooting for the Oscars. I'm sure. rooting for those brands over the conglomerates, over the streamers, over etc. But there's like this paradox here, Michael, and there's this just you know there's just game of chicken where they need ex- exclusivity, but. We, we have award shows that now need to widen the audience. So what will the SAG Awards do? What everybody else has done on the, on the streaming side is they've basically gone directly to the consumer. Will the SAG Awards try to do that? We've seen that on a very small scale with like the Gotham's doing on a Facebook Live, etc. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really work. We see Comic-Con try to do that via YouTube, right? Comic-Con at home. We've seen them try to go directly to the cu- consumer. Did that really work? Netflix did like a big, you know, convention type of day with that as well. That did definitely did not work. So can can SAG are they a big enough brand to go directly to the consumer and get better than 1.8 million views or whatever, and still make enough money without the ad revenue or with YouTube ad revenue or whatnot? I don't I don't think so. That's probably uh, not yeah. set up yet. I would. I don't know that it has the strength as a brand to do that. I don't know it's going to be leading the charge. I mean, I, I still think it needs to rely on some kind of I don't know, broadcast or, or cable company. I, like, it, I, I still think TV is, is the way to go for a smaller award show like this. If you don't have a premiere... I mean, if the question is, how do we make SAG bigger? I don't mm-hmm. know that going direct to consumer is the right answer. I would say right. it's probably not. Uh, I, I don't know how you can make SAG bigger, bigger, to be quite honest. I don't well, know that there's a path for that. I, I'll tell you what. I think... Again, and I don't think this is at the best in, in the best interest of one of these conglomerates, but if you had the SAG Awards available simultaneously on Hulu with ads, whatever, mm-hmm. Disney Plus and ABC, that's best for the SAG Awards. Same well, for that, the I, that's my thought. Like NBC should pick this up. NBC should pick up the SAG Awards. They should put it either Christmas week or give it the old Golden Globe spot the first weekend after New Year. Uh, mm-hmm. Have it dueling streaming on Peacock. Peacock. And and just roll with that. Have that be their new Golden Globe and put the advertising revenue and the advertising budget they used to have for the Golden Globes behind the sags. I mean, that's one way to expand it. You're saying the same thing with Disney. That's one way to expand it. But I still think, I mean, it's relying on broadcast. It's relying on a cable company. It's relying on somebody else with deeper pockets. But we both know the the goal of a SAG Awards and of the Oscars in terms of creating a wider audience. The main goal is to get younger. We talked about it. You talked about it. Hammered mm-hmm. that home with the Oscars forever. And you're not going to that audience unless you put it on streaming. So I think that's the obvious rooting interest for us. We're hoping that there's going to be some kind of simultaneous cast and not just, well, the Oscars are available on Hulu you know, Plus. And Hulu Plus is just a $70 a month cable service. Right. It's just basic cable. It's cable, for 70- right. It's basic cable. It's right. not even, yeah, it's, I mean, it's fine. Whatever. I do. I did the same thing with Fubo for a while just to get my MSG and watch my Knicks. <laughs> that was a, what a waste whip. of money. What a waste <laughs> of money this year. What a waste of money. Gosh. Can I interest gosh, you in an Al Horford life story? Uh-huh. 
No, that's not a affirmative. That's just me groaning horribly. But look at like if Apple put the SAG Awards on Apple TV Plus, how much is that pulling from the networks? It's it's again, this is such a. You're right. Based on where the SAG Awards are now, it's it's small potatoes for the TV. But if enough of this happens, and we've seen we've seen it happening in the sports world, we're getting 20 Yankee games on Amazon. We're mm-hmm. getting you know MLB every night on on Apple and Amazon. Right. It, this is a this is a going to be a gradual thing. And if it happens enough, TV at least cable TV is going to die by a thousand cuts. It's ha- it is. The demise well, of TV yeah, is going to be TV. I mean, t- cable TV is already bleeding out. I would say that's that'd be my argument. They need, right. but but again, you're t- so cable TV to survive. They need as many live events as they can. Here's the SAG Awards that they haven't. They've decided not to air live for the last couple years in a row. It it just doesn't have. I don't think the the SAGs has the cachet that that anyone that any of the Correct. big the big uh, players care about. To be honest. So, all right, where do you think it's going to go, in all honesty? Do you think that it will wind up on a, on a major network? Do you think a major streaming service will purchase it and just see what happens? Is it worth it as a test case? Do you think they'll try? I mean, we've said no. I, I mean, look, Twitter, if the Facebook, Spirits can find, can find a home on cable, I can't imagine the SAGs won't be able to. So, yeah, I'd like to see it go somewhere, at least with a streaming service attached to it. I think that's its best case. Bravo, CW, yeah. you know, some somewhere like that. If Tay uh, Diggs can like do the People's Choice Award year after year with those jokes and the monologues, SAGs can find a home. Because like whoever buys the SAGs buys the broadcast rights, they they want the exclusive rights. So they're not gonna allow it to stream or go on YouTube or Facebook or whatever. Like if Anna, Amazon Frisbee, Freebie, whatever, or Tubi <laughs> or Pluto, like this would be a way to get themselves some prestige viewers right you know maybe but baftas are are on britbox and did anyone like did did you hear about a rush to go subscribe to britbox i i would have i would have sought it out i would have done a free trial for it you do an oscars podcast though right you know i don't think you're the (laughs) norm but you know our fans would have at least you would have had the base go after it it is an outreach the question becomes what it, what are what is that pile of money compared to the pile of money that SAG and obviously the Academy because this is a larger conversation about them and getting out of their ABC deal. Like that's that's another thing. If the How do you if compare? the it, something you keep talking about too. If the awards industry had vertical integration, that could be a play to like go to direct consumer and stuff like that. But you know, I mean, or just the organization. Academy, right. right. Well, the Academy can't get out of their own way, and they're not going to team up with the Golden Globe. It's just it's people who all want to be the biggest and the most important. Right, they're just fighting for attention. Right, it is. I mean, it's it's what it is. <laughs> and they really should be working together mm-hmm. uh, to you know to, to have the competition spur more viewership because that's the that's the basis of this whole thing, you know, to start. It, it was a comp- movie competition to yes award the stars and to increase movie stardom. Yes, it was placating them at the very very beginning, but it's also a major film promotion. That's what it is. That's mm-hmm. what the award season is. And that's mm-hmm. why we're in this. We, we we go into it eyes wide open. We love movies. And even though we're snarky and cynical at times. I don't know what we, you're talking about. We are in for the film promotion game. Yeah, we're in course. for that. We get it. Of course we are. 
and we're tough on them at times, but Jesus, of course we are. This is about film promotion and the Oscars, you know, especially with how we saw with Coda this year and how, and that's why I'm wondering if Apple may get involved because they just have so much money and they, they might be able to just take that, you know, Disney Plus took a couple of swings in this regard, take that swing in terms of a, you know, an expensive research project with the mm. SAGs, but some somebody as a streamer, if they have the disposable income and they can, you know, take a shot, they they should now. I would say because if you you could build that brand because it is an established brand, and if it's not the SAGs, I am talking about the Oscars. You know, the Oscars are an established brand that have been sold for you know billions of dollars mm-hmm. in other forms that they they need rejuvenating, but that you know they need a reboot. But good God, man! I mean, it's it's out there. For people to click on, if uh, if you make it available, that's uh, another thing too. Is that if the I wonder how the Oscars are seen. If the Oscars are seen as a toxic entity right now because of their dwindling numbers, and because of what ABC had to pay for them, and you know you're only getting less than twenty million twenty million viewers a year now, and blah 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 blah, all the stuff we've talked about. If the Oscars are seen as toxic, then you could imagine how the trickle down effect of that must be. I don't, I don't know if they are. are. I, I would be curious to, you know, ask a couple of executives, just, but they probably are overpriced. Everybody probably looks at it and they're overpriced. And that's that's the rub right now. Like the SAG Awards, I'm sure they're making X amount of they're used to making X amount of money. They would have to lower their price to make, you know, K amount of money. Mm. They would just have to. And then that would ultimately probably be better for them in the long term. And I think that's the same for the Oscars. The Oscars are used to making a ton of money based on their ad sales and profit sharing, whatever. But for them to do it right, they would have to renegotiate and, and take it back, and then they would expand the audience by, you know, changing the the platform, I think. All right, so put your money where your mouth is. If you had to place a bet, where do you think SAGs end up? It's, it's tough to figure it out here. I, I know you're thinking cable network, another cable network, with a streaming component attached, yeah. All right. So, so what is that? Can I push it? Push? Can I stall for time a little bit more? I, I think NBC is the smartest. See, here's it. Like my thinking is, if it does go Bravo, if it does go the Indie Spirit Road, if it goes CW, mm-hmm. I think that's a death knell for yeah, SAG. I agree because you're cutting. You're not going to get 1.8 million viewers. You're going to cut your audience. You have no chance of being seen on a, a repeat viewing or anything like that. That would be short sighted. Very short sighted. And your money would you're be You're taking cut, less money anyway. Greatly. You might as well take yeah. less money and expand your future uh, earnings potential. You got to take that swing at some point. I, look, I'm hoping somebody I'm hoping Apple or Amazon steps up. I really am. Mm. That that would be the best and that would be what I'm rooting for and if HBO Max does not take it in uh, at the end of the day because they did say they're negotiating. Yeah, I mean I could be completely HBO it, Max, it, it would it make seem- no sense to me. But unless there's just no interest in the award show from any other, again, I think that would have more to do with how toxic people see the Oscars right now. And that's why I asked that question. I mean, if the Oscars are seen as something that's a money loser right now, and because they are so wildly overpriced, why would anyone touch any kind of award show thing until the the audience is proven to be there and bounce back? Then I could see there being no buyers yeah. for SAG, and they really are, they're stuck with HBO Max, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, but if I have to guess Amazon anyway, because they could maybe go the free free mm-hmm. V route, they have some kind of infrastructure there. Apple would probably be probably be the, the what I'm rooting for more, but Amazon 
seems to have more things in place for it. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, if it, it's it's my hope. Uh, you know, you know how my hope colors these predictions all mm. the time, and I'm a jerk for doing that. I'm a bad gambler. Is what I'm well, trying to say. You went twenty for twenty in the Oscars, so let's relax with that. <laughs> well, guess how much I profited. You know, <laughs> profited from it, not much. <laughs> the one year we really. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think uh, I think. I think I have to say Amazon, I guess. Right. Uh, but again, I, I don't know. Well, it sucks. From one thing having to do with money, we can pivot to talk about the next thing having to do with money in movies, and we'll talk about a box office update, Michael. All right. Yeah, I think this is a, a good sign, obviously, that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness did 187.4 as a domestic weekend, 262 international weekend, 449 total. And then after Monday, it, it did a bunch more, 13.6 domestically, plus a, a two, a, or an overall a 479 total, whatever that differential is. So look, it. I think this is... This is a positive sign getting back into top 10 and MCU territory best of 2022 in terms of uh, wide releases and big numbers for IMAX 3D. You know, that was 36% of the overall box office. Uh, a lot of guys going back to the movies, 62% male. Uh, I think it was good to see a lot of younger people there. Uh, 30% of the audience was 25 to 34, but we did get a big 35 to 44, 15%. Thanks to Eric Weber. He's covering the box office, the hell out of the box office, especially on the YouTube midnight movie talk channel there. Uh, Eric Weber on YouTube. So this is good, right? Mike, what what do you think? uh, Is it good enough for you or did you expect more? No, I think this is great for everyone, but Marty Scorsese. Like this is, (laughs) this is great for, theater strength but there are some conditions attached i mean we have the 11th biggest domestic opening of all time 86 percent of survey respondents say they feel very or somewhat comfortable returning to the movies right now which is the highest percentage for that answer since march of 2020 that's according to the national research group those numbers and statistics come uh via rebecca rubin for variety who also wrote that she makes the point though and these are the strings attached to dr strange dr strange was the benefit of that character being in No Way Home. It had two Disney Plus shows kind of feeding into it already. And it's not like any big money movie property is just equaling box office gold right now. Morbius didn't do well at all. Fantastic Beefs 2, boy, we badly miscalculated this whole Johnny Depp thing, didn't do well at all. So those were big budget legacy IP entries, much like Doctor Strange 2, and they flopped. You got to have the goods, which I think is something we've been saying since the pandemic started. Like, there's always yeah i mean you got you got plenty of people who want to go to the movies you got to have the goods to make them want to be there though and repeat view and come back but yes overall i think this is a strong sign for the summer box office yeah i'm heartened it should get towards a billion bucks and i think it's at the right time because you know amc in a sneaky way they're kind of expanding even though their price is going down their losses their quarterly report came out they had less losses than last year so that's really cool uh but they're still showing losses so it it, it needs to rebound if it's gonna rebound it needs to start rebounding now in a big way getting close to those or closer to those 2019 numbers and i think we're gonna do a box office study down the line or at least more in depth but yes this is this is calming our 
phobias, I would say at least, right? I mean, we were we were afraid that this was really going to go sideways, but somehow, Michael, with the stock market short sellers or whatever the hell happened yeah. with AMC, and they got propped up. Sure did. So we the people saw a rebound coming, which I guess you can you can understand that. And it's bizarre how like Netflix is going down, <laughs> and you know, but plummeting. Netflix but the plummeting. other problems are still there too, right? Like Doctor Strange and Spider Man are the ones leading the box office. So, I mean, we're gonna get to it in this list at the top ten, but Sonic Two did well. The Bad Guys has done well. Guess what hasn't done well? The Northman, massive right. talent. Like the <laughs> people want these family movies and they want the the big IPs and the stuff that we all grew up with and, and nostalgia and these big budget comic book properties, but movies overall aren't doing great i would say at the box office i'll tell you what though the the most encouraged i am is that young people are going because that's the future i mean let's it's uh, that's obvious that's the base Mm. of the movie exhibition business it's not it's not the 50 year olds it's the 20 year olds it's the 15 year olds right as long as that next generation is making their date night at the movies. As long as the next generation is going to the movies, they have a future there. And, and that's uh, to me, that's, that's the, the base and the bottom line. So the bad guys, 9.7 Sonic two, 6.2 overall, 148 and 349 totals. Michael, those are good numbers for kids movies. You you're, in other words, you're saying you believe that children are our future. Uh, uh, some people may say right. that. I know you're kind of in, uncle mode right now and you're terrified to <laughs> admit as much but the kids are driving you nuts quoting whitney houston there uh, your uncle buck right now is what you want. Uh, uncle rage uh <laughs> sonic has become like the watermark franchise for the pandemic too by the way which i think mm. is kind of i don't know telling for american society maybe but the first one opened in february of 2020 it did 319 worldwide at the box office its sequel opens kind of at the, hopefully, towards the end of COVID here, where it only took three weekends to surpass its predecessor and end up around the $350 million worldwide part. And neither entry has had the benefit of the uh, China market because My God. Sonic 1 only did less than about, I think it was like $2.8 million, less than $3 million, uh, because it was at the onset of COVID. Obviously, wow. Sonic 2 hasn't played in China at all because of the international uh, politics going on in the world right now, and we're not sending movies to China or Russia uh, as it is. So it's kind of interesting that's the Sonic franchise. If you want to tell how the box office has gone throughout COVID, just look to those two movies, which was something yeah. we all knew was going to come. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the bad Sign guys of things to come, yeah. And Sonic mm-hmm. the Hedgehog 2 right. going to be the watermark. <laughs> For movie theaters uh fantastic beast three whatever the hell that title is yeah. still in the top five not doing all that well though 3.9 uh 363 worldwide total everything everywhere all at once sticking in that top five though really not falling off all that much continuing to make money yeah, i old, wish it was good job. i wish it was more indie you know purveyors making the big money from it because i think I think it is getting more chain play. Well, it's kind of the good, thing you just good. talked about, right? It doesn't yeah. really, that movie doesn't appeal to a younger audience. Yeah, but 3.3 million, it's uh, up to, you know, almost it's going to pass 50 million probably after this week. The Northmen just passed 51 million after last weekend, 2.7. Not great. That's not good at all. 
I mean, for what we were talking about with the budget attached to that, we think it's 70. It might be as high as 90 million. 51 million after how many weeks at the box office now, three or four weeks already? That's not a that's not a good number. That ate a lot of uh, loss there, unfortunately. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, as much as, you know, I hope people watch it on VOD because it's a worthwhile while film to check out and study. You know, we did have fun studying that with, with Kenzie, even though we were a bit mixed. I can see that it's, doing well on a streamer. Yeah, it's probably, that's probably the destiny. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's not going to make enough money doing that. But uh, so, and focus is going, focus goes where right now? This is where I get all screwed up. Focus goes everywhere kind of thing. But they are part of Universal. NBC Universal, which is, which is Peacock, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so maybe if they wind up at Peacock, they can get at least a boost for the home team there. The Lost City, which is a pretty good movie, two point five million, one sixty two overall. Like you said, uh, unbearable weight of massive talent, twenty point eight. I mean, it's respectable, it's fine. but it's not. Yeah, it's you fine. know, not what they hope for. I think, uh, even though it's a better movie than that box office, I would say. So maybe that is going to be the rental. Uh, big hit, or at least it should be, in my opinion. Memory, Liam Neeson's. Movie with Martin Campbell. How the hell did that make $5 million? Who's seeing that? Yeah, but what must be the budget on that? Nobody went to that one. That was awful. Weber and and friends hated it. I'm glad. I don't don't want to see awful movies if I can avoid them, unless they're awesomely bad. So Mm -hmm. I avoided it. I'm going to avoid it. No issues there. Father Stu, the Mark Wahlberg. I mean, here's the thing. The 10th movie is only making 800K, so we're still not out of the woods yet, people. We got to go to the movies more, but uh, overall, the tent poles are hitting, and superheroes keep saving the day. <laughs> Kids, movies, and superheroes, but a younger audience is going. That's the big thing. That's, I, th- I still think that's the biggest encouragement. My God, are we encouraging? Are we, are we encouraged ourselves? Then make, then make <laughs> these movies mean more at the Oscars. Like then, then you can get the older audience. It's just so. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's let's update. You could be positive. I'll find a way to be cynical and negative. <laughs> um, Three thousand years of longing, Mike. MGM has moved its release date to August thirty first. You have to feel good about that, personally, right? Because you've been pretty uh, skeptical of that movie forever. Two years. It's been in my top ten feared films. Yeah. I've gone down the well with Swell twice. <laughs> And I've been a, been worried about three thousand years of longing, and on a late August release date, it, it makes sense. I mean, that's not an Oscar it's not release good for date. A drama, yeah. You know, the can out of competition was another red flag there. And of course, did I mention he has elf ears <laughs> in the one still, Miss Mephistopheles cat there. I love Idris Elba. He deserves better. He deserves better. I hope it's a better movie than I fear. And, and I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna do that, right? We're gonna actually watch this movie at some point. And we're like, that was all right. No, you think? There's no, no way you actually no, end up think. feeling that way. I don't think that. But I'm just trying to save. I'm trying you wanna, to. You want to put a positive spin on it? I get it. Uh, let's right. run through the calendar right now. We'll tell you kind of an update here on the Oscar-y type films already locked into release dates month by month. Let's start with what's already come out this month of May and what is still to come, Michael. Well, we got Men, Downton Abbey, A New Era, Top Gun, Maverick. We've talked about the Oscar factors with those. I mean, Downton Abbey could do costumes. Men could be a screenplay play. I don't know. I think uh, Top Gun, Maverick, VFX, original song with Gaga there. Those are possibilities. But, uh, like, I wanted to do this because they're starting to finalize the calendar here. And we do have some movies coming up that might really 
play for the Oscars sure. long term. So let's let's remind people, Mike. What do we got in June? Crimes of the Future, which I know is something you're very much looking forward to. It's going to win all the Also Mike Awards. Uh, Lightyear, which could be obviously a huge animated feature player. Elvis, which could be obviously a huge job of the hut player. Cha-Cha Real Smooth, The Black Phone, <laughs> Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. I would still want clarification as to if that's an animated feature contender or not. We'll see. I don't think so. I don't think so either, know. but maybe it should be. Uh, and if it's not, then I want Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers to be, because it's kind of in the same vein. Anyway, <laughs> Jurassic World Dominion as well comes out in June. Right, maybe a VFX player there. July, a bunch of animated films. Minions, The Rise of Gru. Still has one of the best. Screw (laughs) you, Swell, and everyone who disagrees. That trailer, when I was in Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange, I came just in time for that trailer to start. That trailer got no less than three hearty laugh-out-loud moments from the audience that was in there. People love it. If, if you're trying to convince me that people love the minions and laugh their asses <laughs> off at them, laugh their yellow heinies off at them, you, you don't have to convince me. I Good. agree with you. Good. I agree with you. I was on your side in that argument. Uh, the Sea Beast, Netflix, Andrew Morgan, big fan of it. DC League of Super Pets, that's probably one of my favorite kid movie mm-hmm. trailers of the year so far. Thor Love and Thunder, the Gray Man blockbusters that will sure. open July in theaters and on streaming. Then we have Nope. Uh, to 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 also open out the month and bullet train to close out July. So these could be crossover hits. They could be VFX technical plays. Nope, could obviously be a crossover hit like we've seen with Get Out. In I'll the tell past, you Michael. what. If if uh, I'm trying to think of how I want to word this, but because of all the disappointment for the adult-oriented movies we've seen those far, specifically adult dramas, and I know it's more of a horror play and that's what he's known for, but if Jordan Peele can once again prove to be box office gold during this time with an adult-oriented movie, I mean, he's going to be one of the most valuable properties in all of Hollywood, right? I mean, Universal's got gold with him under contract. He already is, and he certainly can and should be. I mean, we're going to more on Nope in a, in a bit here, but I cannot wait for that movie. Sure. Uh, the Forgiven. I mean, speaking of adult skewed movies here, we have The Forgiven from Michael McDonough, brother of Martin. He's made some good films here. He has Ray, Ray Fiennes and Jessica Chastain, an accidental murder of somebody whilst on vacation, this classy couple. What do they do with that? I'm, I was going to see this at Tribeca, but it comes out the week later, so I'm going to wait for it. But I, I'm, I'm intrigued by The Forgiven. be more Mrs. intrigued Her- if it was Michael McDonald singing Yamo Be There. You have uh, I'm certain, be there. certain uh, uh, you have certain musical afflictions. Up let me and just say. over. <laughs> Couldn't find my words there for a minute because I'm so mad at you. Uh, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. This could be an awesome mom movie from Focus Features. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isabel Huppert, Leslie Manville. That's coming out in early July. We have Persuasion on Netflix. J- Jane Austen movie. Dakota Johnson, Henry Golding. And we have, in a spot that's worked before, that summer murder mystery spot. I think Gone Girl had that spot a while back, Mike. But where the crawdads sing, I think somebody was remarking on the budget with Daisy Edgar Jones. I was. I don't know if it's. Yeah, you were. Seventy right. million dollars, according to Wikipedia. Anyway, they've invested in that movie, so you never know. So July's loaded. That's the Taylor Swift uh, 
uh, Oscar vehicle too. Carolina, her mm. original song that I think is going to be a player. A lot of people think is going to be a big player come Oscars Good. time for that. Uh, August, maybe a little less loaded than July, but August is usually considered kind of a dead time. Maybe not necessarily the case. Uh, Luck from Apple and Bodies, 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 which we will talk about in a little bit as well, from A24 opening this month. 3,000 years of longing, as we already said, is going to close out the month of August. And then September, October, November, we've gone over these months before, but I kind of want to just discuss uh, a couple Oscary, more Oscary titles. I would say The Woman King, just new stills released today, September 16th. That that looks cool as hell. Uh, don't worry, darling. We, we're, we'll talk about the trailer again a little bit. It's September not a 23rd. bad trailer. It's just not an Oscary trailer. It's not an Oscary trailer, but Florence Pugh is pretty damn good in that trailer. You saying that she's because resist. she's good, or are you saying that because she's seen in multiple sexual positions? She's got to resist the multiple sexual positions, though. <laughs> so that's the thing. That's the whole conflict of the movie. Does she stay there in the Truman Show mm-hmm. with sex with Harry Styles, or does she resist? Oh, I know I would. And will everybody be jealous of the sex? I want everyone to in the Academy that trailer with me in the Florence Pugh role instead. <laughs> No, no, please. October. <laughs> There's a lot in October. Tar from Todd Field and Kate Blanchett. We've talked about that a lot, as well as the movie Till. Chinyonye Chukwu, uh, Whoopi, Haley Bennett are all involved in that one. You heard it on our uh, 100% Way Too Early Oscars predictions all over as well, as well as Lyle Lyle Crocodile, which has been moved up to the 7th from Sony Animation. Call Jane is coming out October 14th. That's Elizabeth mm. Banks, Sigourney Weaver. It's about underground abortions in the 1950s. Mike, you saw this one at Sundance. Yeah, I can confirm it's a it's a strong movie, good story, well made by the writer of Carol, uh, who doesn't direct movies that often. So this obviously is going to have a huge amount of added resonance this year called Jane, but it's just a damn good movie. Fun, st- you know, it's a fun story. It's it's perhaps the most Oscary thing I saw at Sundance. Yeah, if, I way. tell you, if we did that. 100% accurate show two weeks later I'd probably include that and I would have included Decision to Leave back in and I'm gonna, we're going to talk about that later on too but could be uh, yeah time has a funny way of making things more relevant in context The Banshees of Inishirin we've, we've previewed that a lot already Martin McDonough uh, Colin Farrell Brennan Gleeson uh, Michael Barry Keegan, Barry, yeah. Barry Keegan, sorry. Barry Keegan uh, comes out October 21st. and Keegan Michael Key is what you were about to say. It right is. Now. I was. But that's I wrote it right. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Halloween Ends also weird. comes out in October, which is. Of course. I could does. care less about any of these movies. I just want a proper ending to what matters most to me. I agree. Which is Jamie Lee Curtis's role in Halloween. Black Adam so. also comes out the next week. That's going to be a big two weeks for me, Mike. Jamie Lee Curtis, Black Adam. How are you going to get through? I mean, you're just going to you're going to be at the movies. You got to get that A-list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, November is a big month uh, and it's got a lot on the schedule already. That's like if you're listening to this now, we just did three episodes previewing all the movies. There are so many more movies, but this is it. This is only what's on the schedule right now. But uh, so we got a lot more to be added to this to this fray. But still, November already has Amsterdam. David O. Russell there. With, uh, you know, John David Washington, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie. That's on the 4th. Eye patch. Black... Eye patch. Mm-hmm. Limping an eye patch. We'll see. <laughs> we don't know yet. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. That's on the 11th. That'll be huge. We have a bunch of movies on the 18th, including The Menu with Anya Taylor-Joy, succession director there, about some weird restaurant and some Dr. Evil volcano layer base. They eat Tony Danza. I'm guessing. They eat Tony Danza. Is uh, our... 
guess the plot. Mm-hmm. She said that it will be a major Oscar player about the Weinstein scandal, but it might be a spotlight-styled journalist mystery adventure with Carrie Mulligan, Zoe Kazan from Maria Schrader, based on the book 13 Lives. You're worried about it, but Ron Howard has Viggo Mortensen and Colin Farrell doing, you know, saving those kids in the Philippines, I think... I think that could be a big Oscar-y type movie if they hit. Uh, the Fablemans, Spielberg as a child. I mean, that can't miss, can it? Uh, we, we we worried about it a little bit here and there. Creed 3 is going to be cool. Creed's 1 and 2 were awesome. Strange World. Again, this pops up. We haven't heard much about it, but it is this uh, explorer, I don't know, speak of the you know Rescue Rangers kind of thing, uh, Disney animated film late November, which is usually an Oscar-y month for them. So, I mean, that's a lot on the calendar. We haven't even spoken about December because there's not much locked in there yet, and it will be coming out. Give me three, Mike. What are your three most anticipated movies that we've talked about here? (sighs) This is so hard. I have to put a lot of caveats here. You made me do this. I'm going to get there, but just give me a second. Look, for the spring, The Northmen, The Multiverse of Madness, those were two very anticipated movies for me. I'm I'm a little mixed on both. That's fine. Top Gun Maverick, I've always been excited for. I've always been needling you about. Mm -hmm. I'm getting my way somehow. We're about to (laughs) do a two-episode arc on Top Gun, so I'm very happy about this for once. Uh, I'm... uh, you know, I, I, I'm getting a... Yeah, you basically gave up because you got worn down by your nep- niece and nephew. And now <laughs> basically, yeah, that's gun. actually exactly how this happened. That's yeah, exactly <laughs> what happened, because I even said, no, nah, we probably should do something else, but or we could just have fun and do Top Gun. And you're like, fine. <laughs> I'll watch it. Uh, the summer. Look, I mean, Love and Thunder, Thor, Love and Thunder. Nope. And yes, bodies, bodies, bodies after that trailer that we'll talk about. Those are my summer picks. Fall, don't worry, worry, darling. I'm still intrigued. Halloween ends because I'm your buddy. Mm-hmm. And then the Banshees of Inisherin. I love Martin McDonough movies. I love his screenplays, those actors. I can't, I can't deny. I can't deny my whiteness, my, <laughs> you know, my Irish ancestry. I can't do it. What am I supposed to do? No, it makes I'm, sense. I'm that white. I mean, I should want Babylon to be on my top three here. That's coming in December. Knives Out 2, Avatar are going to be somewhere in there. Avatar 2 is not something you're looking forward to. Don't lie. Yeah, but I kind of am. I kind of am. I, I'm looking forward to going to the movies the once. <laughs> Never seeing again, no? Okay. All right, but look at well, Out of those caveats, mm-hmm. if I had, if, like, if you put all of these movies that we've talked about today uh, officially on the schedule, yeah. if you put them all in front of my face right now and I could pick three mm-hmm. To watch in succession, here's what I would pick. That's the only way I can answer this question. Okay. Right? I would pick nope. Mm. I would put I would push play on nope immediately. Yeah. I want to see what the hell's going on there. I love that kind of stuff. I love the Roswell stuff. I love the true, you know, you know, the the crazy alien stuff. I'm in. And I love Jordan Peele, obviously. Makes sense. Thor Love and Thunder, I would especially if I'm doing a triple feature, that would be the, you know, the dessert in the middle. Right, I I would just have fun with that. I know I'm having fun with Taika Waititi's Thor: Love and Thunder, great feminist uh, anthem there with uh, Natalie Portman showing up as the Mighty Thor, which is going to be how many hilarious jokes is, are going to be that she calls herself the Mighty Thor? It's going to be very funny. It's going to be a it fun has movie. To be. We know Taika is good for that, especially in the Marvel universe too. And then I had trouble. I kind of crossed out and put up a bunch of movies here for the third one. Okay, I was gonna pander to you and say Halloween ends, but I can't do it. I would watch the Banshees of Inisherin. I'm shocked by this. 
this is what I would push play on. Like if I if I truly could pick out of all these movies and just click play and watch the movie and get a chance to see it early, The Banshees is what I would watch because I just love watching Martin McDonough movies. Hell, I, I must have rewatched them all a hundred thousand times now because he's just so addictive in terms of uh, his screenplay. I did not expect that for, as as one of your entries. I'll be I I'm I'm stunned. I know. I, and this is American movies. We're kind of doing the American thing right yeah. now, coming to American theaters again. Uh, we didn't really get into the international stuff. I can't wait to go to the film festivals. I'm going to Tribeca a little bit. Going to be going uh, to New York again in the, in the fall, etc. But yeah, uh, in terms of major cinematic releases, that's that's on my release date uh, radar right now. I think we'd actually have maybe Nope would be in my three, but otherwise, I think we'd have completely different uh, top threes because I would have Halloween and I probably would have Amsterdam uh, in there for me. But I, I don't. I don't know if that I would have Nope. I would probably put She Said over Nope. You have no idea what Amsterdam's about. That is such a gamble. Like, it could Correct. be about, it could be about, eye like, patch. you know, a guy who makes, a factory that makes eye patches, yeah. and then another factory that makes glass and sells it to Canterbury. <laughs> and then, and then by way of Amsterdam, right. and it could be the most boring effing movie that you've ever like. You could be bored to tears. You have no idea what the story is. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I have no follow up. Yeah, you're right. So I don't. I mean, David or Russell Genesis? hasn't bored me ever before, uh, and I know yeah. I know I'm usually good for at least an entertaining movie for one, and I'm going to get juicy go. stuff that happened on the set for two. Maybe Margot Robbie beat the shit out of him. You know, who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So you're right. But the whole reason we did this today is because we got a lot of changes to the release dates that uh, it snuck up on us, I would say, especially the release dates for this fall. Probably not a surprise to hear that the Will Smith movie Emancipation, which is an Apple original film that's going to be officially pushed to 2023. That's that big budget Antoine Fuqua one. We've talked about that and previewed. Yeah. The moved. Yeah, nah, no surprise there, I would say. The untitled Super Mario Brothers movie moves from the end of this year to the spring of next year. That's a red flag, I would say. It goes from December of 2022 to April of 2023. Is that on Netflix? No, I don't think so. But do you worry that it's just not done, or do you worry about it in terms of... Yes, uh, is my answer. Crowd- yes. <laughs> Yes, to both. Is it too us. crowded December? I don't think Oh, it I didn't is, think really. you were going in that direction. I thought you were going in the, the <laughs> audience backlash direction. Because, yeah, I, I think there's, I think there might be, and maybe mm-hmm. film Twitter's its own bubble and this doesn't apply to the world at large. I don't know. But I think there might be a reckoning coming in terms of uh, some leading men and the uh, disdain the public has for them right now. Wow. I think they love them, though. I don't know. Could be right. Maybe. Could be. Thor, Love, and Thunder. But is is it too much Chris Pratt this year with with Jurassic mm-hmm. World Dominion? Is that tracking poorly? And they don't want to. I, I mean, obviously the they don't want to put him up against Avatar. Maybe they just know that Avatar is going to be so big now. Do you think there's a crossover and audience between Mario and Avatar? Family movies, right? I mean, if they think Maybe. if they think Avatar is just that big of a four quadrant monster. Mm. Could be right. Anyway. Uh, cocaine as far as, Bear. I was going to say, as far as four-quadrant monsters go, Cocaine Bear <laughs> moved to February 2023. Uh, we have high interest in that one. You've been on that one for a while, the Elizabeth Banks movie. And Wicked officially is going to be a two-parter. It's set for Christmas Day 2024. John Chu, the uh, Crazy Rich Asians in the Heights director, is at the helm for that one. Let's just avoid cats. 
let's avoid cats. <laughs> and but look, Christmas, I I think uh, is a good omen for it. I wish uh, cats was Christmas. What do you mean it's a good omen? Oh, that's right. Shit. <laughs> oh. That's that's why you brought up cats. Yeah. I thought you just musicals. M- right. Musicals no, at I, Christmas I, time, yeah. I underestimated you mm. for once. <laughs> First time for everything. Broken clock's still right twice a day is what we'll say there. Mike, you've watched we've both watched a lot of TV in this kind mm-hmm. of what we're watching slash Mike Mike and Emmy slash make the case segment. Uh we've both been just binging TV. I've watched way more TV than I have movies this year so far uh, at the almost halfway point. I'm way off my usual pace. I don't know if that's the same for you, but my caveat is I've watched a lot of old TV. I'm catching up on seasons past. You've kept up with a lot of new TV, so you're going to run down your top five new TV series. Yeah, and I got to give some honorable mentions here, like The Gilded Age, Julian Fellows' new show on HBO Max. HBO there is really good. Love, I mean, the production design, costume design, makeup and hairstyling, next level in terms of period dramas. It's in The Gilded Age where they just theme the Met Gala after, and it, it it's just stellar, stunning stuff. Uh, fun characters as well for The Gilded Age, so I recommend it. Peacemaker's funny, James Gunn, John Cena. It's evil. It's just <laughs> soulless and evil, that. but it, it's pretty good. Uh, really uh, great binge, I would say. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They went to Ireland, and there's only like eight episodes, but it was hilarious this year. <laughs> I watched that recently. Really great. Uh, Reacher murder mystery with the guy from that uh, football show when we were kids that was evil then. It's much worse now. We're watching that show, but Reacher's actually a good murder mystery. Hey, what football show? On Amazon. Oh, uh, what's that? St- Not Friday Night Lights. No, I forget. My brother showed me one episode like a month ago. Blue Mountain like, State? Blue Mountain State. It's evil. It's a horrible <laughs> show. I never watched it really back when. I watched an episode or two, but I, I can't believe that was actually aired. Yeah. But it was aired on Spike TV. Sure was. No, it's, it's Mo- so wrong. It was, uh, what was their, their tagline for that channel was like, Shows for guys or movies for guys or something like that. Uh, he just could have no been one. called misogyny. <laughs> it's misogyny. It's, like, it's awful. Yeah. Uh, Wheel of Time was also pretty good on Amazon. Uh, by the way, Did it live up to your fantasy standards. Nerd, you are a fantasy well, nerd. It, you got to deal with some BS. So they go a little overboard. Oh, you at don't times. say. <laughs> it's a little silly, but it's awesome. Like the fighting is crazy. So if you want like our badass fantasy show, it gets there. Okay. And it's scary. It's like the horrifying stuff involved. So it's not like a fantasy show for the kids. Let I mean the hobbits will run away. The uh the Middle Earth people will run away from this one. This is this is scary stuff. They get they go to 11. So I give them credit. Wheel of Time on Amazon. But all right, top 5 Yellow Jackets on Showtime. I got to it a little I need later to than watch other that. people really good i mean if you're a 90s guy like i grew up in the 90s Mm. so much 90s it's like the music is awesome my god i mean it's it's just this dueling narrative where they're you know they have a plane crash this high school soccer team has a plane crash in the middle of nowhere in the woods appalachian mountains they have to survive but then there's the flash forward to the remnants of their survival in the future. I didn't even know that's what that show was about, to be honest with you. Awesome. I just knew oh, the really? cast attached was some, was very intriguing to me, and everybody raved about this season. It's crazy. So there's going to be cult stuff. There's going to be crazy cool. stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a good show. And yet it's uh, number watching. five, which is shocking. Bridgerton Showtime. is better than Yellow Jackets for you? Bridgerton is you better than all God the other shows. damn. I... <laughs> 
out of sheer humiliation, I put it four. I should have put it one. You belonged uh, at that debutante ball with Swell. You should have gone and worn something with tails behind you. I watched Bridgerton in three nights. Three. It's what is wrong addictive. with you? <laughs> it's a good. It's a Shonda Rhimes knows how to make television. I like will that. not argue just, that point. Yes, she knows exactly how to hook you. Every scene flows into the next, and then you got the period piece. I mean, again, production design, costume design. I become an old Fifi man. You really, do. that's all I care about uh, in, in these shows. I can't I even like bust to... your bust your chops that much because I obsess over hair and makeup as much as you do costumes. So it's, it makes sense. But yeah, I'm still mad at you for this. Well, Succession, I caught. Up, I finally caught up on Succession. I have to put that there. It's my number three. It's always great, easy one. All right, look, my top two, I really love these shows. Winning Time, I loved it. I, I, I stayed with it every single week. How much is it catharsis because it's just trashing the Celtics? And I'm asking it, that seriously. You're seriously worried about the Celtics being just completely uh sneered at the whole time you know i'm a guy that does clips right i watched one clip with michael chiklis as red Auerbach, and he was just this curmudgeon old dick to jerry buss's the john c Riley character or and it made me so angry this is your comeuppance (laughs) because this is adam mckay turning his powers of satire of his heavy-handed satire uh away from the republican party and onto your beloved celtics and this is your comeuppance for five years we've argued about adam mckay going a little too far you're right this is this is but on all all honesty that's why i've hesitated watching it because i just don't want to watch an adam mckay thing just shitting all over something i love which is the you're in the crux you're in the crux (laughs) of a celtic playoff run where they could go the distance or they could falter at any moment i mean you're uh, well, living on the edge you know they're gonna go the distance you're, you're living on the edge of a night they have al horford i don't know if we've by the way this episode's coming out after game five so take everything i'm saying with an asterisk <laughs> <laughs> i am a knicks fan i am not a lakers fan <laughs> I still love the Magic Johnson story. I rooted for Magic Johnson in the early 90s against Jordan when I was – I think that was when I first became a sentient being. Mm-hmm. I first realized my consciousness. Right. Like early 90s, like 90, 1990 when the Giants won and then 91. Makes sense. Uh, I, I, I finally came to. Anyway, that's what I was rooting for Magic Johnson. I, I love him, and I love this series. It's so – I'm just the filmmaking of it's tremendous. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a Jerry West hit piece, <laughs> which is so much funnier now that he's going to sue. That's so weird that he's actually considered, like, if ever there was a First Amendment case, I would think so this funny. is it. It's so funny. Let him sue and just confirm everybody exactly right. <laughs> That's a good point. Confirm yeah. the portrayal. Yeah. I'm going to sue. I'm going to take this to the Supreme Court, and I'm going to break that fucking trophy again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please sue. Please sue Jerry West. Uh, that'd be great. All right. Number one show, Sex Education. I've mentioned it on here before on Netflix. I watched all three seasons in a heroic, triumphant binge, and I want to rewatch the whole se- series wow. again, Michael. The greatest sound soundtrack of any 80s it, it almost feels like an 80s 90s 80s 90s show in britain there but it's not it's a contemporary show but they play all 80s 90s music again my favorite new show of this year a lot of these uh movie stars are blowing or a lot of these kids are blowing up as movie stars and yet i'm a total hypocrite because it's about 
28-year-olds playing high school kids. Mm-hmm. So I almost look at it as a college show, but whatever. It's, it's, it's <laughs> what, uh, oh, what was that movie that we just uh, killed all year last year? Was it Liquor's Pizza? No, the um, no. the musical. Oh, Dear Evan Hansen. Yes. Oh, it's totally, yeah. it, it totally Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm I'm total hypocrite, but it's a well-made show. It's terrifically well-made. It's the and tone it's just, that you yes. would have been okay with if Dear Evan Hansen had that tone. If, if they execute it, I don't care. I don't care if my pet peeves are in play mm. when you execute a brilliant story. I mean, that's the thing. We've said that how many times on, on the on the on MMO here, right? So, Sex Education, great show. Not a good show, a great show. Watch it. Any other shout-outs? Any other uh, honorable mentions? Anything else for TV-wise you want to just give the audience a, a heads-up on? The Offer, I'm watching this now. It might be the best new dad show, period. Michael, it this seems is making, like it. The Making of the Godfather. Mm-hmm. I'm four episodes in. I caught up in a whirlwind this past weekend. It is basically Entourage, right? Remember you remember Entourage, sure. which probably doesn't age well, but but look at I think it's just one pissing contest after another between two characters, and there's like five anecdotes about making The Godfather or making these hit movies back in the 1960s, early 70s, and, and that we love, that we've studied, that some we know about, some we don't, and we're like, oh my god, you got that plus great impersonations of Brando, Pacino, uh, Robert Evans. I, I love it. And I, that's I, Paramount, right? It's the House of Gucci of TV series. You will love it. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible. It's not well made. It's <laughs> awful. The performances, some of them are trash. But I love this goddamn show about the making of The Godfather. I'm just, I'm turned into a dad. That's one way to go about that type of show. And I, I guess the complete other side of the spectrum on that is the Pentaveret. The Pentaveret. Pentaveret, Pentaveret. <laughs> Mike Myers, the first two episodes were good. It's so easy to watch. Six episodes are like 20 minutes a pop. And he he might as well just have done a movie. It, it, it will exhaust you because the first two episodes are funny and then the last four are just so bad. Uh, just so, Why would you so watch bummed. that and not the dropout? Because it's... It's the Austin Powers TV show. It's just Mike Myers playing, and it's worse. He plays like not just five characters. He plays like 74 characters in the Pentaveret. And it's also based on So I Married an Axe Murderer's anecdote from Mike Myers for for the first time in his movie career playing a Scottish dad. (laughs) Head, paper, no. (laughs) He calls his son head because he's got a huge noggin. So it's Shrek. Scottish it's show. just Shrek in real life. It's just Shrek <laughs> in real life, and there's a there's a shameless, shameful Shrek <sighs> drop in this that stupid thing. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. The first two episodes were kind of funny. Those just a couple funny bits, and then they just completely loses it. Severance on Apple's good. Barry on HBO's good. Uh, Maisel, I finished Mar- Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season three. It's good. I watched all of Dickinson on Apple. I kind of hate watching some of it. I'm amazed you got some to all this and not to something like The Dropout. Which this is-, is over the last few months. But yeah, The Dropout, so that's on Hulu. Like, you're in the Matt Bellany space where you love the FX shows. Yeah, the Hulu, Hulu. I mean, as far as recent stuff I have watched, I did watch The Dropout, and I am working my way through The Girl from Plainville, too. Hulu, that, like, real life, good. Uh, the, the trick from the headline stuff, that gets me. I don't know why. I never used to be like that. Maybe I'm just comfortably getting into my old age stage right now. But I also, uh, uh, I really want to watch that Mary show too. The um, 
God damn candy? it, Mike, here we go. Candy, candy thank Jessica you. Not Beale? even close to the right name. Cannot remember the actress <laughs> who's involved. Yes, the Jessica Beal Candy Show. Jesus Christ. Mary with uh, <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I would watch that too, for the record, because I love her. But good God, Mike One. Get it together, guy. <laughs> <laughs> so what else have you been watching? You've been watching old oh, shit. I, I watched all know. of The Handmaiden's Tale, uh, all four seasons. Did. It was I love Elizabeth Holmes is fantastic, and I'm on like an Elizabeth Holmes binge, and I didn't even realize it because I'm halfway Does... through season three of Mad Men as a follow up. Oh, so you've been binging ads? Which so Elizabeth Moss? Moss, good fact... God, Mike! I <laughs> I just said Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, okay. Don't listen to me for this segment, but go ahead. What's your Mike, question? Michael, does the fact that she is like a raving Scientologist change anything? Because yeah, I'm it watching it left a Giovanna Rubisi stuff. Yeah. It left a bad taste in my mouth when I read it. I didn't even realize that, but I just read it like this past week and I was like, oh, I wish I didn't know that. But look Would to you her have credit, it? she she's saying the right things. She's not like making headlines with what she's saying, and I'm not trying to like persecute mm. anyone for their religious views so i, I am you know, I, I will yeah, do that you probably should but it's that hbo documentary was very impactful i'm not gonna do it now because i'm not a squirrel and i'm never gonna <laughs> pretend to excuse me let me just back back up yeah swiftly out backtrack of out of that <laughs> maybe not speak anymore but okay uh i think uh <laughs> I think Elizabeth Moss is like the prestige TV queen and she's tremendous. I want, I just want to see her in more horror. She's so good at being stern and having this look on her face of just mayhem and craziness behind these calm eyes. Well, I've almost clicked play on the shining girls. like 10 times. Another one. I'm probably going to end up watching. Yep. I'm going to have to click play on it. Aren't I? Yeah. She's great. Uh, I love boy. Check got me watching brand new cherry flavor. Shout out to Woj there. Mm Mm-hmm. You like uh, it, Mr. Weisher? I, I like it. It's like David Lynchian. It's I'm I'm, a, I'm three episodes in. I'm 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 on a rotation right now. But yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I'm like I'm watching a couple movies like The Outfit, solid. Mike Mark Rylance, Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, solid. All solid stuff. I went to a new director's new film. Saw th- you know three really good movies. APJ Clark's as many times as I saw films <laughs> that day. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to attempt to pretend I know the name of this show. But the Gary Oldman show with horses in it. You haven't taken the dive into that. Uh, you know what Andrew has? So go listen to Recent Activity. Go. Again, the whole I'm glad you, we brought that again. Uh, recent Activity, Andrew Morgan's uh, formerly of the Nomcast, Buddy Shane and Chris there. Recent activi- Activity, subscribe, like. They may talk about uh, Slow Horses, I think it's called. You could Gary put Oldman. any adjective there, and I, just, I wouldn't say a word about it. I don't know <laughs> what that show is called. <laughs> Michael, let's finish with some rapid fire Oscar trailers. Let's just trailers finish. Thought. I think that's what's important for my mental state right now. Go ahead. <laughs> the Avatar 2 trailer numbers came out. I don't know if you want to say anything more about the family being our fortress and the the actual trailer and the giant crocodolphin seal dragon. So that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but they're in the Typhoon Lagoon water park, Giovanni Ribisi and his bizarre accents are going to come back for the unobtainium. But until then, we got some beautiful shots of water and blue people in the water. Yeah. It doesn't One, look any different than the first. I don't mean to cut you off. And yeah, yeah. 148.6 million Thank views you. in the first day on YouTube for that first trailer. Does it look any different than the first Avatar trailer for the first movie? Well, they're they're wet. Yeah, great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there's more of them. They're the family. And one of them's a human. Uh-huh. All right. What does that mean? 
did she just birth a human and she birthed the non-avatar avatar? What happened there? Am I dismissive of this because it's going to do so well and I know that? Is that part of this? Like, why do I have such disdain for this movie? That's exactly why. Yeah, you think because so? Because it's... Popularity? But it's a worldwide popular thing. Like that That's probably the thing. It's not... It may not be a domestic boon. Like, we may all just be conditioned to see it. Like, all right, we're going to see Avatar in mm. December at some point. Those three weeks, we're going to see it on the big screen because it's the best big... Well, we're going to James Cameron's yeah. got us. We're going to have Yeah, he's to. got us. Yeah. But the world, the rest of the world is probably more psyched for it. That's what it seems to me. 148 million, that's a good first day. It's a great first day. Yeah, absolutely it is. Only the Fast Saga beat it, 202.7, according to Hollywood Reporter. Anyway. Better than any Star Wars trailer. That's crazy. Huge, huge numbers for so I mean it's showing interest and th- and that's not even including like they said in the the piece there thr all the people who watched it with Doctor Strange mm-hmm. so anyway that probably took away from some views I will say far more audience reaction to the Minions trailer than the Avatar one in front of Doctor Strange that's all I'm saying all right look at don't worry darling we talked about we talked about this trailer already in a previous episode. I got a correction to make. Apparently, Olivia Wilde's married to Nick Kroll. She's dancing with Nick Kroll in the trailer. I said Pine, but I think it's Kroll. I agree. Is this Squid Game? They got red suits. I don't know what the hell is it. Like, it's an intriguing trailer. Like, this Pleasantville, Stepford Wives, Truman Show thing going on. Mike, if the Squid Game people came to your door, you're fighting them, right? You're immediately just fighting them. Do you see what happened to our pundit friends who are actually credentialed what happened no i did not see at variety feinberg (laughs) feinberg released a picture he opened his apartment door and the whole squid game crew was there like in their squid game outfits. oh my god saying we demand emmy attention oh my god clayton davis did the same thing (laughs) and it was happening all the same day it was like an onslaught of people in costumes squid game costumes Full mask, everything. That's horrifying. And yeah, we I'm would coming do, out swinging. Well, you would come out. You know, the only thing because you're getting caught in Squid Game, yeah. you're gonna die first, and I'm gonna die first. So we we have to fight. We have to make our stand then and there. <laughs> no, I I can't believe I didn't see that. But wow, that's terrifying. Yeah, we would be abducted immediately. <laughs> unlike unlike Florence Pugh in the non Squid Game Squid Game of Don't Worry right. Darling, where she's climbing up the mountain and escaping right. these Squid Games. Yeah. Good trailer, though, no? It is a pretty good trailer. Rewatching it, it's better than we gave it credit yeah. for. I still I still really want to see it. I'm a little bummed out by the whole Kiki Lane subplot. I won't get into that, but I think, I think it looks damn good still. I, I, I just... God, it doesn't look like an Oscar thing to me. Maybe. It's going to be a date movie, though, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Crimes of the Future. Okay. David Cronenberg's movie, you've made fun of me for this being too yucky and for me being ew yes. and for me being scared of it. Correct. And now this new trailer comes out and it's even grosser than the last one. And now what do you say? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what I'm looking at with half this stuff. It's just biz- like it's quite bizarre. It's towing the line as to if it's too bizarre for me. I'm not entirely sure. I, I It's gross. Maybe it's his take on the Power Rangers because somebody has like all the colors in their abdomen there. So I don't know what's going on there, but there's so much like zippers on the abdomen and Kristen Stewart whispering how surgery is the new sex. I I wonder what the the message is. Just 
I am so afraid to see this. I'm legitimately scared to see this. I don't like body horror. Is it and just his is... take on celebrity culture and like the plastic surgery, whatever you call it, we're in right now era? Has he had too much success in his life that he ha- <laughs> that he has to be like, you know, I just I'm numb to all the success, all the sex I've had. Had all these kids, they become filmmakers. I love their movies too. My my life, my legacy is all pure. Let me just do this movie. Ugh. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm genuinely afraid of this movie. Why would he make this? Instead of celebrities getting their celebrity first and then turning to plastic surgery, maybe now it's the, if you get plastic surgery, that means you're a celebrity. That's his take on it. I don't know. He might be there. He might be there. Existence had a VR kind of thing with the body horror, whatever suction cup thing thingies that they got here. There's like lizards and creatures involved. Yeah, it's well. very, it's it's out there, but I mean it's Cronenberg, so of course it is. I mean, Crash. I, I actually saw Crash. I had to watch it with a film class. It was effed up. It was just so disgusting. I did not. I have not. I've not seen that. It's about two people fascinated with <laughs> car crash wounds. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> two people that are turned on sexually. A lot of sex in that movie. Well, Park Chan Wook's not doing a much better as far as being uh, out there premises. We had our first look at Decision to Leave. I got to put this one back in my field, my best picture field. It was a great trailer. Yeah. It was an Oscar trailer. There's no furries or werewolves anywhere. What's going on? I thought for sure we were just going to have Ewoks. And <laughs> so did I. <laughs> just banging each other. So did Boom, I. I, I thought, sure. That's But this looks like just a murder <laughs> mystery with a love story intrigue in it. You got a lot classy. of great cinematic shots. Very classy. You're right. The cinematography. Yeah. I mean, you got these. Uh, talk about playing with negative space. It's just like a detective. Yeah. And, and he's on the shore and the tide's gone out and he's, you know, screaming at the sky. It's gorgeous. I'm putting this back in. Uh, this is back in my, my best picture field. I'll take Shirley out. And I might have to put Char- Park Chan Wook in the director ca- field as well, which I don't know what the hell I'm going to do now. And movie, too. Movie movie making that play. Yeah. But you, look, you can't control when you're 100% accurate. It's That's true. The problem. That's true. That's a good yeah. point. Thank you. But there's there's no underground werewolf bo- bear, buck- bear buckle, bear knuckle boxing ring here. Just though. werewolves wearing giant belt buckles is, I think, what you were going for there. <laughs> but all right, we got the first half of that premise that we talked about in a previous episode where we have a recent widow slash murder suspect, you know, the detective falling in love with her and she being all kinds of cagey. Yeah, this just Intrigue. looks like a great film. <laughs> like it looks like an Oscar movie. For it as much great. as Don't Worry Darling doesn't look like an Oscars movie, this does look like an Oscars movie, which if you just re- went by the premises, those two should be swapped. If we added decision to leave into the the top three lists that we just made it might it might it might yeah, get in maybe maybe bodies 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 i can't wait this trailer we have not reviewed it yet so all right there's a kid's game college kid game college kid blood mm-hmm. where you hand out cards one of the cards reads that you're the murderer and you basically have to fool everybody in a whodunit amongst your friends and like this parlor game yeah, it's like mafia or werewolf or all these party games that are known except the oh my god the bodies are real this time so you rack up points for playing as red herrings and yeah somebody there is actually murdering people in the lee pace mansion it's got to be lee pace no but we don't know because pete davidson you know 
taking the piss out of the trailer, basically saying it would be so obvious if it was me. It has to be Rachel Sennett. There are so many shots of Rachel Sennett reacting in this trailer. Rachel Sennett, Maria Bakalova, Amanda Stenberg, the future of what we hope is the Oscars, but the future of the movie industry here. Uh, plus other young actresses and actors that look really like they're doing a nice nice work. I'm sorry I didn't write them down. But this has got the next wave, and this movie looks awesome. A24, I love them. I mean, you want to talk about a satire. Uh, I, this is just taking, just killing the uh, Gen Z and uh, you're silencing me. I can't believe you're making this about you. All the holier-than-thou stances. It's It's pretty funny. They're going to make fun of them for two hours <laughs> in a murder mystery that's also Scream. Yeah, apparently. I'm so game. Same. I can't wa- cannot wait. Same. It's, I'm stoked. It, this might be a four-quadrant movie. <laughs> it might be my number mind. four right now. Finally, The Black Phone. This might be, what a stretch for horror we have coming up. This is going to be terrifying, no? Like, everybody says, like, the director of Sinister... Like he he scared the crap out of us with the sinister movies, and he had Ethan Hawke involved there, and like this this looks scary. Is this kid dead already? I don't even know. I don't know if that makes it scarier or not scary. Do you think Ethan Hawke's going to be the next Lupita Colette? Is he going to be the next Ethan Hawke coming from a spring movie that we demand gets Oscar attention that the critics kind of put forward that he gets vetoed again? This has had like, this wor- like of a June. lot of positive word of mouth for his performance for over a year now since people first saw it. Uh, so, yeah, I could absolutely see this being a breakthrough type thing. Not that Ethan Hawke needs a breakthrough performance of any kind, but it could just be another career renaissance open a few more doors of things that he wouldn't have otherwise been cast for he's got the mask on which is very intelligent by the way and that's a horrifying mask because the ethan hawk you know if it's just his face like with moon knight you're gonna remember that just his face but with if he's got the mask pieces of the mask still do other stuff sometimes it's just covering the lower half of his face sometimes it's just covering an eye really well done I, i i i mean but you know, bodies, 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 the black phone, decision to leave. Nope. <laughs> nope. Crimes of the future, as much as we feel weird about it. Like, yeah, it could be a Halloween, obviously. Could be a hell of a stretch for horror this year in the summer, late summer, early fall. What's going to win out? My desire to see everything or crimes of the future? Uh, the former. Because um. <laughs> I did say something similar about Tatan, didn't I? And I, I, you love Tatan, yeah. Well, that's what a, that's what'll happen. I'll feel like I'm tough for sitting through it, and then I'll, and I'll like it regardless. And everybody like that was terrible, and I'm like, no, I did it. What? And that'll be what my review. Bugs you out more the gross horror or the loud screaming for a prolonged time? Like, what is more of an, a, a, a thing that you can't stand in a movie? Gross horror, definitely. Really? Huh. But the screaming's pretty bad, too. I mean, you keep giving me these examples today. <laughs> Horrible I think ultimatums. You did these horror ultimate. You did one before the show. Yeah. What was that? Uh, would you rather see the Cronenberg movie or hear more in-depth details about your sister-in-law's forthcoming pregnancy? <laughs> any minute now she's gonna have her baby and I, no yeah you just put me in a spot yeah. you know you know how to pin me pin me down <laughs> to my phobias 
You do you do know this. Good luck to to Lauren there. Good luck to John, brother John. Uh, hopefully, by the time this episode is out, you'll have a your first nephew or niece. Is do you know niece, what it is? Niece. niece. Okay. Yeah, we're having a we're having a girl. So that'll that's can't, exciting. Can't stuff. wait. Can't wait to meet her. And uh, yeah, she's just first baby, so she's going through it right now. So thoughts and prayers. Um, you know, really uh, really nervous, but really excited too. Well, I can't wait till you get to be as exhausted and hate children as much as I have and do this week. Uh, what a cycle Rolf. of life. <laughs> You're being Uncle Buck for your niece and nephew. It's not going well. No. And I'm about no. to become an uncle for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's going great. And well, I, it I don't rules have to do Guys, as always, what matters most to us are your thoughts and opinions on anything we talked about in this episode. Which trailer spoke most to you? What are your thoughts on where the SAG Awards end up? Uh, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire, you can leave us those on our social medias. As always, uh, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com. And on Reddit, we are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcasts or Spotify app, if you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, if you appreciate what we do, those help us out immensely. Thank you to each and every one of you who have done so thus far. Michael, uh, we've kind of teased what's coming next already, but tell the good people, and let's have some words of wisdom to get out on. Yeah, Top Gun. We're doing Top Gun. <laughs> it's going to be a Top Gun episode. And it's, look, it, we're, the rationalization is as follows. I mean, it's a four-time Oscar nominee. Uh, Top Gun won the an Oscar for nominated for song. four Oscars? Four Oscars that will go over in detail. Uh, We have Top Gun Maverick coming out. It's Oscars offseason. We want to do something fun together. We're doing Top Gun, the original. I cannot believe that was nominated for four Oscars. Uh, Past that, we got the Cannes Film Festival opening up. We got uh, Mama's Boy Movie Night with Downton Abbey and New Era. (laughs) We got Top Gun Maverick. Uh, we got the Tribeca Film Festival early June that we'll cover, and yeah, so we got some cool stuff coming up. We got uh, we got words of wisdom though that I, I got I got two pronged words of wisdom. Okay. Again, a reminder a reminder to everybody subscribe to Andrew Morgan's new podcast, Recent Activity, and look at I forgot to shout out a show that I guested on because we had a couple guests ourselves, mm-hmm. and then the last episode I just forgot. Gold Standard, the Oscars podcast. I was a recent guest on their Rocky show where they they go one best picture after another. They've gotten up to an episode 50, 1976, or episode 49, excuse me. They do each best picture. They do a huge film study on it. And when I say huge, I mean humongous. They We had a three-hour roundtable discussion, Michael. And I'll be honest <sighs> with you. I was afraid of the format. I was afraid of the the long speeches. I was afraid of this style. And I have to say, it was very cathartic. It was a great listen. It was a great experience. I love talking to Nick, Rachel, and Zan. Uh, check out Gold Standard, the Oscars podcast. I've learned a ton from listening to back episodes of their show. Like I said, doing they, they cover award seasons, every single Best Picture winner all the way up. And uh, you guys got another Oscars history podcast that we don't do enough of, so go to them for it. Uh, like Academy Queens, like And the Runner-Up is, that uh, we really respect out there and learn from quite a bit. Yeah, I I haven't listened to the episode in three hours. Good Lord, good for you and good for them for having I the stamina for- to do that. I talked for two hours and 45 minutes. So. <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> Guys, 
as always, when reality sucks, you can worry about the future, get ready for the great horror stretch, wonder about the sags, do all that fun stuff with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See ya.